0: Ever overlimp by hand like Queen 3 suited? Oh, so he you. And Garrett's gonna call. Good call. Whoa. Oh, just kidding.
1: Oh. That clip you just saw was from the Hustler Casino Live, where Dylan the villain brutally slow rolled Garrett Adelstein in a big pot. But that's not the end of the story. Let's see what happens
0: today. Dylan, fairly quiet tonight with his chips and verbal. I haven't seen much out of him tonight. He has been. Oh, here we go, round two. Yep. Dylan putting in a three bet from the middle blind. And Garrett with a standard call in position.
1: In this episode of Weekly Poker Hand, we see a pretty standard open with a 10-9 of clubs. And then Dylan opts to three bet. Big! To $6,500. It's a big amount. You may say, why is he three betting so gigantic? Well... It's because the players are playing incredibly deep stacks and he is out of position you're going to find that as stacks get deeper and deeper and you decide that you're going to be three betting from out of position you usually want to use a pretty large size to disincentivize your opponent from calling so i like this three bet size and um once you do get through it with a hand like 10 9 of clubs you can't really fold it in garrett's shoes you have to see the flop and hope to flop very well you could perhaps put in a four bet every once in a while. I don't think that's something you should do very often at all. But if you do get the vibe that the three better is three betting with perhaps their entire range or just way too often and you think they're too wide, you may actually have a lot of fold equity. If you can pick up that 6,500 three bet pre flop with no contest, that's obviously fantastic. But the default is definitely to call. Let's go to the flop. <coughs>
0: like a big sizing from Dylan here this is a board I would be taking a large sizing or checking he goes with more of a range sizing here and Garrett has a pretty standard call in position you are correct
1: I know
0: the look And this is for value, right?
1: Yes. He's gonna call it.
0: He's gonna call. He's gonna float with wow. just ace high
1: on the nine six two two diamond flop. The commentator said that this is a spot where Dylan should probably be checking a decent amount of the time or betting big. But it really does depend a lot on what Dylan's pre-flop three-betting range looks like. If his three-betting range is mostly strong over pairs and good suited connected hands, and suited ace-x, I actually don't mind betting with his entire range, but as his range just contains more offsuit big cards that do not connect well with this board at all, then he should probably start checking and betting a little bit more polarized. So he does go for a smallish bet, as the commentators say, probably is with most of his range. And then Garrett's in an interesting spot because if he was facing a bigger bet, which is presumably gonna be more polarized, he is going to want to call with the vast majority of his range. But whenever your opponent bets small, you do need to have a raising range that often includes some of your best made hands and good made hands that are just kind of vulnerable to being outdrawn, like top pair. In the spot, I'm pretty sure he should probably raise with his best top pairs. I think the 10-9 may be a little bit wide, but again, it depends exactly on what Dylan the Villain's range looks like. And... Certainly, you know, if your opponent's going to be continuation betting with their entire range in the spot, you don't mind raising top pair because if you make your opponent fold out like queen jack, it's okay. So once Garrett raises, Dylan's in a in a rough spot because he's getting pretty good pot odds at this point, right? He has to put in something like 15,000 chips to try to win a 68,000 chip pot with a backdoor flush draw and backdoor straight draw and an overcard and I think he just has to stick around. This is something that a lot of people do not do. They fold too often, but in this scenario, especially if Garrett is going to be raising with more than just the nuts, as I presume he is. I mean, notice here he's raising top pair weak kicker, Um, and he could also be raising with stuff like gut shot straight draws or backdoor flush draws themselves. You can't go around folding the A-side backdoor flush draw, although you are going to find yourself in a lot of pretty tough spots on the turn when you fail to improve and even when you do improve sometimes when you're running into garrett's strong hands and that's not particularly great for you but i like the call We'll see what happens on the turn
0: with a backdoor straight draw and a backdoor flush draw garrett getting insanely thin value and look at this turn wow. this is an action turn
1: okay.
0: dylan picking up the nut flush draw garrett improves the to top two garrett putting a thin value raise on this flop And now he's trying to figure out how to get it all in by the river. $35,000 bet from Garrett.
1: Come on. All in.
0: And Dylan moves in. Wow.
1: When the turn gives Garrett two-pair, he definitely wants to make a bet size that can easily let him shove all-in on the river without it being too egregiously big. So I think a bet of roughly what Garrett made, 35000 maybe 40000 is quite nice because that will set up something like a pot-size river shove. Now, what do we do with the ace-four of hearts facing a kind of big turn bet? The problem is that if you call, there's no guarantee you're going to get paid off on the river because if Garrett does have a hand like top pair or middle pair something like that, he's just going to let it go check-check on a lot of rivers. And if he is betting with a hand like top pair or middle pair or some combo draw himself, you don't really care if he folds, right? It'd be fantastic if you could shove and make him fold out a random hand with a 10, like, I don't know, jack 10 of hearts, right? Not that he would fold jack 10 of hearts, but jack 10 with two over cards that decided to bluff the flop and then make top pair on the turn. If you can make him fold that, that's very, very good. So... This is a spot where I think shoving is the best play. Again, this is something I don't think a lot of people do. I think a lot of people just opt to call and try to get there. But you got to realize you're not getting all that of amazing odds to begin with. And when you're not getting that amazing of pot odds to begin with, and you're not likely to get paid off when you do hit, shoving becomes at least a viable option.
0: Dylan moves in.
1: This must be the one. This
0: This is just a snap call for Garrett. He only loses to 7-8. Yeah, just count, count the total now. Please. This must be the one, Spishy. Oh, wow. Garrett just figuring out how much more. There's no way Garrett's folding. Now Garrett, question and is I can't 20, wait to see Garrett hold up that one finger as soon as the money end? goes in. How will this end? You know Garrett's going once.
1: 160. Wow. One. Well, boys and girls, it's what we've been waiting nine. for. <laughs> I didn't even think about it. I have a big hand.
0: I can't even consider doing anything else. i a monster. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Back around to Garrett. You just got to call. Yeah, you lose the sets. Yeah, you lose to two pairs. It is kind of interesting that Dylan shoved pretty immediately, which I would not think he's going to do with too many super nut hands. That said, I, I don't know how Dylan plays, but most people when they have a nut hand, they think a little bit longer just to try to make it look like it's a kind of a tough spot. But Whenever he does kind of like snap put it in there, it almost feels like he's trying to get some fold equity. I'm not, I'm not exactly sure if that's what Dylan in particular is doing, but if your opponents who are, you know, good, strong poker players shove kind of quickly, I think you're going to find them more often than not. That's a little bit bluff heavy. I do know that some people in Garrett's shoes would um chicken out. Remember, they're playing 500 big blinds deep. Ask yourself, how often do you get stacked in 500 big blind pots? not all that often, right? And in this spot, you may find that in small stakes games against weak, tight, straightforward players, they may show you literally a set or a straight every time. If that's your opponent's, I mean, I guess you can find a fold, but that's certainly not what you can do whenever you have a strong, aggressive, battling opponent. Garrett does make the call. Let's see how it runs out. That is not usual to deal one, one time. Let's one time. Reverse. Oh my God. I have nothing. A TKO in the second round. Garrett waiting for him to show, even though he said, I have nothing.
0: And he waited, <laughs> I oh, love it.
1: He waited, I have nothing, and he still looked like, show me.
0: Refused to show.
1: Second round, TKO, goes to Adelstein. One time only, Garrett wins and collects his sweet and savory and delicious revenge. Do you have any revenge stories that you particularly enjoy from the poker table? I'm trying to think. I don't really get in there and battle all that hard, and when I do, it's certainly not um personal in the least bit. But I've seen plenty of players take immense pleasure in stacking a particular player at the table. So tell me your favorite revenge story in the comments below. Go ahead. Write it down there. If you enjoyed this video, do me a favor, click the like and subscribe buttons. That's me for today. Good luck in your games, and I'll talk to you next time.